God make a stone so big he can't lift it? Yep, we're going with the ultimate classic philosophical gotcha question on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, petulant paradox pontificator, and with me as always is my frustratingly philosophical co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker. I was going to use paradoxical something, but I didn't want <laughs> it all, but paradoxical person. Direction today. It was bound to happen. I don't think we've ever like gone over each other in that way in our labels. No, this is perfect. Paradoxical. <laughs> so yep. paradoxical guy. There, exactly. Long, but it works. It does. Well, today we are asking the classic philosophical, paradoxical, theological question: Can God make a rock so heavy he can't lift it? But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and to send us all of their love and hate mail there. They can really? also go to the online group on Facebook called The Overthinkers where there's more than 15,000 of overthinkers just like you. Wow. Themes uh, and getting into great discussions talking about all the fun, deep stuff we talk here. Talk about here. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a review. It really does help us so very much. And make sure to share it with a friend. Awesome. Cool. Well, ready to get started? Let's do it. Okay. So yeah, almost all of us have heard some form of the question, can God make a stone so heavy he can't lift it? This is a colloquial formulation of what is known in philosophy as the omnipotence paradox. As the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy describes it, the omnipotence paradox is based on the fact that philosophical reflection upon the notion of omnipotence raises many puzzling questions about whether or not a consistent notion of omnipotence places limitations on the power of an omnipotent agent. Put another way, if an all-powerful being, which is what omnipotence means, can make a stone so heavy he can't lift it, then he's made it so he's not all-powerful, because if there's something he can't, doesn't have the power to lift. But if he can't make a stone so heavy he can't lift it, we found something he doesn't have the power to do. The typical way around this, as philosophy professor Peter Adderton writes for the New York Times piece, A God Problem, is to do what medieval theologian Aquinas did and simply say that omnipotence means doing anything that isn't self-contradictory and making a stone too heavy for God is self-contradictory, which is really just a way of redefining omnipotence. This doesn't satisfy Peter Adderton, who sees this still as a limit on omnipotence, even if it's a logical one rather than a physical one. Writers like C.S. Lewis and Catholics like um, Deacon Stephen Gradatus push back on the idea that the law of non-contradiction places meaningful limits on an omnipotent agent like God by arguing that contradictions like can God make a married bachelor or how far is it from London Bridge to Christmas Day are real limits because they aren't meaningful statements, but rather nonsense. The equivalent of asking can an omnipotent being ushka billy oli oli It's like he's trying to speak to me, I know it! On the flip side, some Christians, such as John M. Frame, writing for um, Gospel Coalition, agree with skeptics of omnipotence and say that, but say that this isn't a threat to their belief in God, arguing that the Bible does not describe God as having the power to do anything without limits, since it describes plenty of things God can't do like do evil, but merely that he has all the power necessary to do everything the Bible describes him doing, which is a lot, but not unlimited. So, Nathan, 
Where do you fall on the question of whether omnipotence is self-contradictory? Do you think an omnipotent being like God is possible? And why do you think the question matters so much to people? Well, I think the question matters so much to people. I actually don't think it matters all that much to people. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't have a just lot of- Just us nerds. <laughs> yes, just I think- well, I'll tell you who it matters to um, and why it matters to them. I, you know, I don't have a lot of friends, especially uh, friends who are theists, who stay up at night going, oh, man, <laughs> how, what? The, a rock and God could, and then he's not, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to. I don't, that has never kept me up at night, and I don't mm. know anyone who's kept up at night. The, the, the typical context in which I see this question brought up is, could God made, make a married bachelor? Could he make a stone? so heavy he couldn't lift it you know all, all these kinds of things um I, I tend to find this happens in debates uh where it's used at the theist as a gotcha question right and it's not used in good faith i think we all um kind of understand that under underneath it is a little bit of a haha gotcha sure. and that is not really a serious question but it is used as a serious question um very often and i think a lot of theists or christians or believers um, are going to end up having to grapple with this thing um, that isn't even really said with any real seriousness. Mm. Um, it's kind of just this logical wordplay gotcha. Um, so one is so when you ask, do people really care about this? Well, Christians don't because it really doesn't get in the way or believers don't or theists don't um, of what we believe. Mm. Um, it seems to keep many, bother many people. I think that atheists uh, or non-believers, when they employ this question, very often um, are doing so disingenuously yeah. um, as a way to win an argument or a way to befuddle uh, their their theistic opponent. Uh, that being said, if it's posed, I, I'm going to take the benefit of the doubt and say that it is maybe occasionally posed with sincerity. And so, uh, so I will try to examine and understand and give a a rational answer to this, assuming outside of the kind of the public uh, sociological uh, sphere where this is often used as a gotcha question, but assuming it's asked in earnest um, and with sincerity, I will try to um, look at this and and uh, honestly and answer honestly. Uh, so, you know, well, I say I, uh, most of my answers are going to be informed by greater minds than mine who mm -hmm. have wrestled with this kind of thing especially the the debaters, the apologist debaters mm -hmm. who have dealt with at every Q&A session, <laughs> freshman year atheist ph uh, philosophy student coming up, well, that's so well and good, all of your incredibly thought out supported arguments, but I have a question. <laughs> Could God make your rock so big he couldn't lift you're, it? You're so humble talking about minds that are greater than own. We know that you are the greatest mind of our generation. <laughs> I know, but I can say that or it wouldn't be helpful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think William Lynn Craig, there's a lot of different responses if you go hunting for this on Google or in, yep. or in books or or in YouTube. But I think William Lynn Craig, um, when he answered this, when he was posed this question by, again, a, uh, <laughs> a, a, uh, a from what I could gather, a, a freshman year philosophy student atheist. Um, but <laughs> the, the, when posed with this question, um, you know, could can God do all things? The answer uh, that generally when Lynn Craig uh, uh, says is yes, God can, God can do all things. The problem is when someone asks, "Can God make a married bachelor?" As when Lynn Craig says, "This is not a thing. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't exist." You were asking if God can do all things, and then bring it up something that's not a thing. Yeah, to 
to evidence his, his inability to do all things. Yeah. And so I think that's a really um, salient point in that uh, if you have to work outside of reality when to prove uh, 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 your your position, to, to use a gotcha against your... I'd say that's a pretty weak gotcha yeah. um, kind of question. And so essentially when you look at this problem, every instance that you bring up, uh, as and there's another guy, Frank Turek, who pointed out that it, you know, with the, the rock question, right? That's yeah. really what we're talking about today. Um, the rock question is, so you're talking about an infinite God, an unphysical, infinite God, um, all powerful. Um, yeah. And then you're bringing into that uh, a rock and you say, okay, so you have to create a rock so big, it's bigger than infinity. But the problem with that is definitionally you can't because rocks definitionally have, um, you can't have an infinite rock. They have uh, uh, right. uh, parameters. Right. And so th this question is um, filled, it it's illogical on its face. Yeah. And so it's not been an actual question in which um, in which one could engage with. And I think that kind of goes to your your latter point. Some people pointed out this is a nonsense question. Right. That literally no one can answer um, because not because it's impossible. It's, it's a gut question, but because there is no logic to the question. So for a question to be answered logically, there has to be logic to the question. And the the question is illogical uh, uh, intrinsically. Um, yeah. Now this gets in, but this gets into the next thing where if God can do anything, can God sin? And so right. two things you have to remember about God is um, one, and this is this is a very orthodox belief about God is God is all good and God is all logical, meaning He makes sense. There is yeah. nothing um, outside of logic. God is, and is God is not the inventor of logic; it flows from God. He is perfectly yeah. logical and He is perfectly good. And so when you ask, can God do anything He wants? Um, the, the way to answer that the question that makes a lot of sense to me is um, yes. Just so happens that because God is all good and because God is all logical, yeah. He can only He only ever wants to do things that are good and logical. Yeah. And so, if you ask, well, can God do an illogical or wrong thing, a sin? But, um, again, the question is presupposing something that isn't actually uh, the case. Yeah. Uh, so again. I, I'm getting a little lost in the philosophy here in theology. Yeah. I know it's like a little uh, stringy, but the the point is, out of all of this, is if you're going to ask for a logical answer, you have to ask a logical question. And the mm. problem with this question that comes down to the, the theology of omnipotence is the question is not a logical one, so you cannot expect a logical answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that's really good. I think, I think that you make a lot of excellent points there, first of all, about the context that this is often brought up in. And um, and I think you're making a, a solid case. Yeah, William Lane Craig and St. Thomas Aquinas and C.S. Lewis all are kind of <laughs> like, you know, say it's like, you know, you're not, and, and some people may have trouble kind of grasping this, that this, and, and this is something I do want to kind of address that, because it sounds like, okay, your logical limits on God are still limits on God, which seems to people to be violating you know, the idea of no limits. And I think that probably part of this, this wouldn't have been a problem from earlier ge generations of people. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Kierkegaard has done a lot of damage to theology, I think. And I know we're going to make some people mad. <laughs> oh, coming to Kierkegaard. But, but he had this whole thing about like, you know, uh, God, you know, should be able to, you know, uh, kind of contradict himself. You know, um, because, you know, the the law of love is higher than the law of, you know, the law of logic and things like that. He had his whole 
whole thing. And I think that, you know, that and the existentialist and, and are kind of our, our age today that's, you know, that's very kind of emotion based and very much like, you know, God, I, I hear people again, I hear a lot of my friends, particularly those who are kind of in the, you know, sort of a bit more into the Pentecostal tradition, although not super deep into that, that, you know, God, you know, is beyond logic. He's beyond our logic. Totally. He's, and he, he, he can, he can do things that are, that are illogical. And that's, that's no, and um and then also again seeing logic as a limit upon human freedom you know i mean again like i just we just watched you know uh, spider-man across the spider-verse and they basically make the villains out to be people who see patterns in nature and what's logical and then and and then say this is how we discern you know what nature is like and what are the limits are to us and those are the villains and the heroes are the ones who are like, no, but this feels right to me. Those are the heroes. So like we have a different age where it's like things that emotionally make sense, you know, make sense and and are what we should follow rather than what logically makes sense. And so because, you know, the idea of, oh, can, you know, because the words, can God make a rock so big he can't lift it, makes emotional sense to a lot of people. When you say, no, but God is still limited by an omnipotent being which you know, in our context is God can is limited by logic feels to us like an artificial limit, even though it's not again, from the perspective of someone like an Aquinas, a William like Craig or C.S. Lewis, it's not that it's, you know, it's, you know, logic is a limit on it. Like analytical reasoning is a limit on us. It's, um, it's that you are saying nonsense. Like C.S. Lewis, I love it. It's like, how far is it from London to Christmas day? It is, it's nonsense to speak of that. And, but I think there's a lot of people that have trouble grasping that kind of way of thinking about the world. And, and so you're just going to kind of have to accept that that's a, it, you either get that or you don't. I don't know of a way of actually drawing people who think that emotional logic works beyond reality logic. Um, you know, again, cause there's, there's this idea also that, well, there's the reality that of our universe that we live in. But God should be beyond the reality of our universe that we live mm, in, yeah. of logic. He should be beyond the logic of our universe that limits our use. He should be beyond that. And it's like, well, no, because the logic of our universe comes from, flows from his nature and all that sort of thing. And so there's all those those pieces to it. You know, I will say here, also the thing is, again, another kind of thing I, I go to, I actually kind of agree with the people who say that even if you kind of don't, you know, go beyond that, you know, I, you know, the Bible talks about like, here are the things that God, you know, can do. He's, you know, he's capable of, and this is the part where actually I think people do care about it to a certain degree. And this is where it kind of get into is that he's powerful enough that you can trust him. Basically, is that, that anything else that can threaten you in this world, that could conceivably threaten you. God is powerful enough that you don't have to worry about those things. You can trust him to protect you from, them. you know, yeah, that, no, these things will never have practical impact on your life. Yes. Uh, like we talk about, this is a fun question, yes. but it certainly is not an important one to your well-being. <laughs> but it, it is important for people to believe that God is powerful enough and good enough that we can totally trust him over the things yeah. that we're afraid of. And I think that for most, many people, the reason they get stuck on the is God all powerful question is because they're afraid if they say that, you know, God can't make a stone so big and lift it, that there is sort of limits he's on his power, power. That, that, that he's not powerful enough to keep uh, them safe. Yeah. 
That makes total sense. It's interesting. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And um, okay, well, there's a few things that need to be said. And this gets really heavy into theology and philosophy, and it's a little hairy. Um, yeah. But stick with me. And if you want, dive more into these waters. They're really fun. They're confusing. But they, it will give you greater understanding and picture of this God we say we know and yeah. believe it. Um, one, I think that people have a false idea, and this is Christians and non-Christians like this is theists and non-theists alike. Yeah. Um, that God invented a lot of these things. Like he invented mm. logic, he invented goodness. And if you look at the classical um belief and, and, and definition of God, you know, God didn't invent goodness or 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 logic or reason. Yeah. All of that flows from God, who is wholly logical, who is yeah. wholly this early, who is wholly good. So that is not a separate thing from God. It is flowing from him. Yeah. And so um, that is one thing to understand. And then if you look at scripture, what we see is pretty much all through scripture, God is defining who he is. Mm. And we start with these illogical questions. We're asking God to be definitionless. And we feel mm. that better if he was so he can do anything. The problem with that is, is that God is a person. At least mm. in, in, in our cosmology and understanding. Um God is a person who has definition, who has, uh, th there are things you can know about him. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I might get some hate for this, but it's right there in scripture. So, um, you know, send it to God. I think Christians are really scared of saying that God can't do something. Um, and, and I understand why, because like you just pointed out, not only would that mean that he's not powerful enough to take care of us, it would mean that he's not powerful in the face of um, uh, all of our, uh, all the people who don't believe and we, we want mm. to show our God who can do anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, and Christians will often use verses, um, I think it's from Jeremiah where it talks about, um, you know, God is not man. He can do things greater than, you know, so, yeah, any, yeah. Any do, um, again, we have to look at the context of these kind of things. God's speaking very specific situation. What he's getting at is he can do something more than the men can. He, he's more yeah. powerful than all the people involved in this, he can do things that you can't even imagine. Um, but I will, okay, here's, I'm going to make my big statement. There are things God cannot do. Yeah, there absolutely. Are God can't do, and I'm going to say that, and I want you to hear me, this is scriptural and theologically based. And actually, uh, if we believe that God breathes scripture, he says it about himself. James, uh, in, in James 1.13, he says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Yep. For God cannot be tempted by evil. There's, there's a literal thing that God says about himself through this yep. author that he cannot do. He cannot be tempted. He is yep. unable to be tempted because he is holistically good. He cannot not be tempted to evil because he's holistically good. And so I do feel that maybe where a lot of theists get caught when posed this question, be it um, uh, with a, a genuine sense of curiosity or a gotcha mentality, that we don't want to concede and say there are things that God cannot do. But if you actually believe scripture and you actually believe the logic of who God has revealed himself to be holistically good, holistically um, uh, sensical and logical, there are things that God cannot do. Now, the good thing is the things he cannot do um, are are evil <laughs> yeah. nature, and um, illogical things, which, again, goes against his nature. And so we should actually be glad that there are things that God cannot do. Yeah. Um, and this is something we should celebrate. You know, and this is one of the marked differences um, between Christianity and Islam. And interestingly yes. enough, um, uh, 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 Calvinism falls actually in the Islam side of this. There's a lot of um, correlation between Islam and Calvinism, 
that are really interesting when you well, look we're at just offending world. everybody today i'm not <laughs> trying to fit anyone i'm just pointing out the absolute philosophy no, and by the, the way, again, like we, we we get this from like actual conversations we've had with these people, what they've said about yes, what they I, believe. I remember I was I was speaking to a Calvinist and, and I, I've had conversations with both Calvinists and Muslims. And I remember asking both of them the same question and getting the same answer. Yeah. And the question was, if God murdered or assaulted someone. Yeah. Uh, um, I even said it more uh, probably explicit than that. Yeah. Um, but I won't hear um, if God murdered or assault someone that was totally innocent. Would it be moral? Both the Calvinist so, and the um, and the Muslim, they answered yes because God <laughs> did it. It would now be moral, and so this the same could be taken to if God, you know, did make a, a married bachelor, yeah, would it make sense. And they, I assume, the answer would be yes. well, yeah, because God did it. But the problem with that is they're not willing to say that God can't and won't do something, yeah, um, because of that fear that we talked about earlier, and that's more of a psychological fear that has to do with us than yep. it is with power that that has to do with God. And so the reality is, no, God cannot sin. God cannot do anything illogical and God cannot do anything evil. Um, yep. And that's just the reality um, yep. uh, of the the orthodox view of who God is. Yeah, and this, is, like, yeah, this is the tradition. This is, again, like we say, like, you know, if whether you're a Christian or you're not, what we're talking about here is this is a traditional view of God that's, you know, again, like I said, Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, you know, all the way down to, like you said, you know, C.S. Lewis, like this is kind of the view of God that we're talking about. And so if you want to, from the atheist side or the Christian side, engage with the idea of God that is within Western, uh, you know, Judeo-Christianity, if you want to use that expression, that's the conception of it. Well, you're right. You know, there are the exceptions. There's Calvinism. There is Islam. I have different conceptions of God. Um, but that's 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 what we're dealing with. Most people deal with when they're talking about the can God make a uh, a rock so heavy you can't lift it. This is the other thing, and kind of on the psychological side, I'm thinking from the secular side of this. Um, there's also an emotional question. Again, there is the kind of the gotcha question of that you say of of asking this question because you know you want to trip up you know the 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 Christian and make them look silly. Um, but you know, I think that there is an emotional aspect of it on that side too. And again, our our secular friends can um, can tell me if I'm wrong about this. But there is the only good scene in the movie Batman v Superman is uh, <laughs> that's a strong statement. I, I, yeah, I know. Come at me, Snyder fans. Uh, I, I like the Snyder cut. That was good. Um, but uh, was when Lex Luthor talked to Superman and he said, you know, God is tribal. God takes sides. You know, God wasn't there to save my father from beating me. And of course, yeah. that's when I realized, you know, either God is all powerful or he's all good. And he, you know, was saying Superman, he basically tried to put Superman in this paradox where he had to choose his morality or his 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 strength. And so that was where the the idea was. which I thought was a great scene. Too bad the rest of the movie was terrible. But the It was a good scene. I agree. That's the best part. But uh the the thing about that question is that a lot of times the reason that question is so difficult for people who decide eventually that they're not going to be Christians is because they're wrestling with the, if God is all powerful, why did he not stop evil things from happening or particularly evil things were happening to me? And this is interesting because this is in the, in the New York times article that I referenced a God problem. He very quickly leaves the logical problem. You know, he was like, you know, he goes like, you know, Thomas Aquinas said it was a logic thing. But Descartes disagreed with him. Also, I want to talk about God and evil. It was like, whoa, you left the logic problem it goes really fast. 
personal emotion very quickly and went to the problem of evil very quickly. And I think that that's, it really comes down to the, you know, that issue of trust. Like if that, if he really was all powerful, he would have stopped things, particularly in my life that were hurtful. And, you know, so, yeah. and again, I'm not trying, I, I, I want to do the opposite of demeaning or trivializing that. And of course we had an episode where we talked about the problem of evil with, um, with a, an academic apologist who's a friend of ours, Zach, Dr. Zach Schmall, who um, is, you know, he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. So we were like, okay, like, how do you, you know, how do you deal with this? If you're interested in that question. He's the person to speak about the problem of evil. Yes. He does so, so well. If you to go listen to the episode and read his book. It's but very for good. now, what I want, what I just want to say is, diaphragm, that's, that is a real good reason to be asking the question about, um, well, if God's so powerful, you know, that you're not really asking if God's so powerful, why couldn't he move a stone? You're saying if God's so powerful, why couldn't he have stopped this thing? And that's a good reason to be asking that question. Yes. So there's an underlining, uh, uh, underlying emotion and uh, of a question being asked here, which I think you point out is a really good thing. I would prefer and i would suggest that if you're someone who is posing this question can god make a so baby can't lift it as joseph is implying what you're really asking is does god care about me why hasn't he stopped the um difficulties or tragedies in my life and i think that is the question to ask because that is one to wrestle with and i think there's great answers and i encourage you to go listen to the episode with dr zach schmall where i think you'll find um at least some insight into that but i think it's important to get to the root of what you're actually asking going on here and then I think the other thing that could be going on here is also the fear, um, yeah. right? If if God can't do anything, then maybe he isn't worthy of my praise. Maybe I've yeah. weak in my life, or, or, or maybe he, he is weak. He's too weak to help yeah. me. Um, but I, I think that rather than fearing, um, yeah. being able to say that God can't do anything, actually praise God okay. for, for the reality that he can't do anything. Yeah. Because we have a God who will not yeah. sit or hurt us, who will not send against us who cannot be illogical. Imagine if a God could do that, he would be an illogical God. We live in an illogical world and who wants to live? It'd be chaos. It'd be awfulness. Everything a- would be arbitrary. Morality would be arbitrary. Illogical with science would be our science couldn't exist in yes. a world where that, yes. So but be and- thankful that God can't do everything. Be thankful that you, that we have a God who literally is limited by his nature. And that is a nature that is worthy of praise and engagement and and um and knowing. And yeah. so hey, I for one am very thankful when I read a verse like this in James where it says God cannot be tempted by evil. That is a good thing that yes. God does what he cannot do. And I think it's a beautiful thing. We should not be afraid to say, yes, there are things God can't do. I'll actually actually say, you know, I think on a reverse side of it, one of the things that people who uh, people who are unconvinced of the goodness of God take comfort in the idea that maybe being omnipotent is impossible because if God existed and wasn't good, that, um, it would be scary to think that he had all power. So, uh, you know, that may be going on there too, but I agree. I 100% I was like, yes, take comfort. These are things, the fact that he can do all things that are logically and ethically possible should be the biggest comfort in yeah. the world to us. That is, should be our source of security. If, if we were going to have a God, that would be the kind of God we would want. Yeah. Where his limits, he has limits and they're on logic and ethics. 
So well, talk to any kid who grew up in a household in which they talk about their father or their mother mm. and they say it in a way where I would come home and anything could happen. Is that a good thing? <laughs> oh, no, anything could happen. That was a scary, awful thing. That's it means perfect. They or means they could be abused that day. Yeah. That is not a good thing. You don't want a God who can do anything. You want a God who is rational, relational, and um, had, there's a, an expectancy in his behavior yeah. and ability. And so that is something worthy of engaging with. Mm-hmm. A God who you could show up and do anything is not. That is a scary God. And that is what many... I'd say superhero villains look like it's yes. they are trying to find the ability to do anything. And that yeah. is a scary, scary thing um, to imagine ruling the world. But yeah, yeah, this is, this is interesting. I hope there's something in here that maybe solves a little bit of that unsettled okay. when this question pops up. And hopefully for some of those people who are posing this question, that might be at least a little bit closer to an answer um, of what we actually believe and, and might satisfy a bit. Probably not, and we'll probably <laughs> again. But I hope that we got something in there that was informative. Yep. Same. Awesome. Well, now that we've done that, uh, let's move on to our blesses and curses segment of the week, where we take a work of art, media, or resource and recommend it, i.e., bless it, or diss it, i.e., curse it. I think diss is basically. I've been trying to figure out like a thing for that for the curse, and that's the best one I've thought of so far. If guys, if you come come up with a better one, let me know. But yes, in any case. Um, Nathan, uh, do you have, uh, anything to bless or curse today? I do. I'm going to bless an easy one because I referenced him earlier. He is the preeminent Christian philosopher, um, that's still living. Um, uh, he's named one of the greatest philosophers of all time. And he's also a brilliant theologian. And we talked about this earlier. Uh, Dr. William Link Craig really has an amazing way of taking these huge, huge subjects. He's one of the most educated academics you could possibly come across. But he speaks in a way and about these things that he's passionate about people like you or me um, can grasp and understand them to give them a fuller understanding of both reality and mm-hmm. God, who are one and the same, actually. Um, so um, so I would encourage you to go out and get a book. It's called On Guard. This is not mm. an academic book, so do, do not be scared. It's written by an academic, but it's not an academic book. And uh, Dr. William Link Craig, in his book mm. On Guard, um, introduces and explains a lot of these really, really big issues, uh, especially theological and philosophical ones that we talk about here, um, in ways that you can grasp and understand. And this is something that's really important for me, by the way. Um, I really like people who can communicate big ideas in um, graspable ways. That doesn't, they don't expect you to come in <laughs> with a, a 10-year degree in theology or philosophy. Um, and so I really encourage you to get the book on guard if you want to engage with some of these subjects. And have uh, and have them inform you and be able to talk about them and 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 maybe even go down the rabbit hole more. But this is definitely a starting place. Uh, On guard by Dr. William Lane Craig. So I'm just doing books today. Joseph's going to do the the movies. Um, so I I'm, I'm going to curse. Um, and and I like this guy. But there's a there's a, and the reason I like him is because as a kid I wanted to be a magician. That was like my ultimate dream. Ooh. Dream. I wanted to be a magician. And there's this magician, this Vegas magician called. Uh, his name is Pendulette. Ah, and yes, brilliant um, a magician. He, you know, famous uh, duo Pin and Teller. Um, really funny, really into uh, in, uh, intelligent, uh, really creative. So I love the magic that Pin does. I, I think he has a, a fun personality. But he wrote a book. He started on this. Um, his maybe he was doing this earlier, but in in my mind, he kind of started this a little later in his career. He started on that. Um, on that wave of new age uh, atheists trying to yep. take God down. And he kind of jumped yep. on that wave 
um, while still doing magic. Uh, yeah. He had a show, I can't remember what it was called, um, but a lot of it was trying to debunk uh, the idiocy of theists. Sure. Um, the problem with this is um, I found that every one of the 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 uh, protestations he would bring against mm-hmm. theists and believers and Christians and whoever else were all gotcha questions. Yeah. And uh, they they were very cheap. They were very low. Yes. And they were, if you thought about them for three seconds, like, well, that's not really a good point. Yeah. Um, but to people who who either had a, a bias towards wanting to make oh. fun of, um, wanting to not believe, uh, wanting to not take uh, this this yes. world transforming um, philosophy seriously, it was fun and easy. Yeah, and uh, so he had this show. I can't remember what it's called. So I'm going to curse the show, but I, I it was all as well wrapped up in his book called God No. Um, which is obviously an attempt to offend Christians and make fun of them all at one in one go, um, or at least uh, theists on a whole. And, you know, I as, as creative as he was in his performance of magic is how uncreative he was in his critique of theism. And I found it so um, underwhelming and and um, biased and 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 just silly and yeah. Un- like I said, uncreative. He's so creative in so many ways on his magic, but his book, when he comes to critiquing religion, is so um, unthoughtful. Yeah. And, I always, and not- I, I, when I, whenever I want to have a, um, a, a, a thoughtful and educated critique of religion, I always go to Vegas um, magic performers as my authority. <laughs> as you should, as you should. <laughs> and I'm no one to talk because I have literally no degrees and I'm just an actor, but. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, also maybe... quote a lot of people who actually like do know what they're talking about though. that's true that's <laughs> true so i'm going to i'm going to curse pendulette's book god no and his show that i can't remember the title of cool. <laughs> sounds, sounds good if you want to come back at us we'd be glad to have you on the show sure. well, we'll have you on absolutely 100 um <laughs> you have a lot more followers than we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh well, well yeah um we'll, we'll lend you some clout uh yeah but... exactly <laughs> um okay cool so I will um, bless um, a movie. So like I'm doing, I'm giving you entertainment, the entertainment. He's Nathan's making you sophisticated. I'm giving you the entertainment uh, today, but I'm going to um, bless the uh, movie um, Bruce Almighty. Um, it's classic. it's a classic. Yeah, again, it's it's definitely got parts. It's like you know, it's a PG-13 movie. Maybe don't watch it with your kids. There's definitely parts of it, and definitely parts of it that have not aged well. I would say. Um, yeah, but in terms of like, you know, taking these theological ideas and doing them as sort of like an early 2000s comedy kind of style, like I really was impressed at how are they able to do it, how they're able to take somebody who's asking, you know, like, God, if you're all powerful, why don't you do these things? Like, why don't you fix things that are going on? Yeah. And um, the, the world seems to invalidate the idea of your power or your love. Yeah. And having God say, okay, cool, let's let's try this out. Let's actually work this out. And having giving him the power, Bruce, to do like all things, you know, and seeing how it messes up his life in very specific ways, but also deals with the limits of uh, of God and God's ability to use ethics and free will and things like that. And so it's one of the better, you know, fables, sort of modern fables to deal with this question in a very you know, um, in in a way, and again, as somebody who grew up as a preacher's kid, look and say, you know, the theology in here is not half bad, you know, and it's yeah. entertaining and it's, you know, well, then it's got Jim Carrey and 
you know, and Jennifer Aniston do and Morgan Freeman, like doing a really good job kind of playing these out. So definitely if you're if you're if you're um, in the mood like this is a very solid movie dealing with that um, question. And it's fun. It's fun. Exactly. It is a lot of fun. Um, uh, the other, you know, I really could think of a really good adequate curse. I, I really came into this this episode unprepared. Um, I could I could I could but I can I can say like, you know, We've told you the only good part of Batman v Superman, and the rest is is a bad movie. So I'm gonna curse curse that movie for uh, um, tr- attempting to bring up all these questions and not really dealing with them for the most part. Dealing with it in a pretty boring way for the most part. I'm trying to think if if there is a movie that I mean, like, there's I'm sure there's like Christian films that are kind of like trying to wrestle with this question, but doing it in a way that feels really kind of half-hearted and un- unfulfilling. But I'll leave the Christians alone for today because uh, <laughs> I can't because I can't think of them. But uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Good. Well, this- we got some good blessings and curses. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, thank you uh, so much, everyone, for joining us. I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, either at least, you know, in a meaningful way in terms of asking some of your really deep questions or just as a fun philosophical exercise if you're a nerd like us. So, um, well, Nathan, if people did enjoy this episode and want to get in touch with us or want to get in touch with you because they like your work, uh, where can they go? Uh, To get in touch with us, go to theoverthinkersjournal.com or go to the online private Facebook group, The Overthinkers. We are hanging out there um, getting into great discussions. We want you there. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to NathanClarkson.me, or you can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Fantastic. Okay, yes, you can also get in touch with me on any of the socials as well, as well as uh, JosephHolmesStudios.com, my website. And of course, you can find my uh, critiques of uh, of uh, faith and culture and movies at uh, ReligionUnplugged.com on a regular basis. Thank you everybody so much for joining us, and remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.